Despite the cold, they talked for another half hour at the entrance to her apartment building. Although Siegfried normally deliberated for days or sometimes for weeks before reaching an important decision, he made up his mind within minutes of leaving Rosa that he would propose to her before the new year began. Despite their reputation for ignoring class distinctions, Siegfried's parents were terribly upset when they learned he intended to marry Rosa Wolf. It wasn't that they personally disliked her or disapproved of her political activism, but in this prosperous cosmopolitan seaport, where successful Jews not only were emancipated, but also assimilated to a degree unimagined in Russia, they had groomed their gifted son to marry one of the several Jewish merchant princesses. In addition to a superb German education, Siegfried had been given a year of study in London, the favorite other city of Hamburg's elite. His parents also had purchased a controlling interest in a thriving boot factory, anticipating the day when practical considerations would temper their son's passion for literature and philosophy. Their solution to the problem of the petite milliner with soft eyes and a sharp mind was to exile Siegfried to America to learn the secrets of mass marketing. If Siegfried and Rosa still wanted to wed after a two-year separation, they could do so in Hamburg with his parents' blessing. New York City, at the beginning of the 20th century, was not a place to dampen Siegfried's passion. Within a month, he purchased Rosa's passage on the Deutschland, a Hamburg-built liner that held the record for the fastest Atlantic crossing, five days, seven hours, and 38 minutes from Plymouth, England, to New York. They were wed shortly after she arrived in New York and lived in Lower Manhattan for the next two years. Siegfried made an effort to learn about business, but mostly they savored the city's cultural smorgasbord and collected books in several languages. Siegfried's love affair with the works of Shakespeare, which had begun during his year of study in London, was consummated in New York by the acquisition of a Shakespeare first folio. At the time, there were only two such first folios in America. Siegfried and Rosa's treasure was purchased through one of New York's most prominent publishing firms. After they returned to Hamburg to live in a seven-room apartment on Rosenstrasse, the first folio was the centerpiece of their collection of rare books, which attracted scholars from yeshivas and universities across Europe, both before and after the war that began in 1914. Although, by 1924, he had two children and a factory that was an important source of boots for the military, Siegfried volunteered for the Wehrmacht, as did thousands of Jews who might have avoided military service, but who wanted to demonstrate their patriotism. Fluent in English and Russian, he was often assigned to regimental headquarters to interrogate prisoners of war. Occasionally, he surprised a captured Londoner or New Yorker with his knowledge of their city. He also surprised fellow officers by his ability to quote extended passages from the works of Nietzsche.
The regimental junkers, severe disdain for the Jewish intellectual, who was named after a favorite hero of Aryan mythology, was replaced by respect after their British tanks shredded German lines in September 1918.